Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Are you ready? Let's make some noise, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and the one man who has not gotten lit up by Nick Saban this week, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing, as always, during the pandemic? Air quotes, Saturday morning, sir. Roy, I'm doing great, and I promise I will not walk out and hand the tag team belts and put them on your desk. Hey, no, if you have to, if you feel the need to, <laughs> to make your case, then be, by all means do so. But we will talk about, of course, uh, the big story, or one of the big stories in the world no, of wrestling. No, like, because usually there are some stories, some wrestling stories that kind of, like, I don't know, break the wall of, like, I don't know, sports entertainment and, like, move its way to, like, mainstream. And I think this is one of those things because, like, it really is, like, I don't know, just the rights of workers and, like, rights of, like, I don't know, athletes and, like, and, and stuff like that. So, like, I don't know, it, it translates very well to what we usually talk about. Yeah, so we will talk about, like you said, the uh, the rights of two workers uh, they felt were infringed this week. And one, uh, Sasha Banks and the other, Naomi, who uh, both walked out during a uh, recording or taping live episode, if you want to, whatever you want to call it, of, of uh, WWE Raw this past Monday. So we will talk about that later in the show. Of course, we have to, sadly, talk about the local basketball team and actually put a bow on this basketball team. Because, again, we recorded our episode mere hours before the team failed to show up for game six against the Miami Heat. So we will talk about that and give you our four, our big questions that we, we want to answer as we head into the offseason. And of course, we have some football stuff to talk about as well. A huge signing for the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, last week, as we were doing the show, we got the unofficial version of the schedule, but the official version of the schedule is out. We will, we will save you from the dubs and L's. We will not go dubs and L's today, but we will kind of break down the road games for those of you who are interested in making those plans for later this season but we have a lot of stuff to get to for that on this edition of the broad street line as we always say sit back relax take a ride on the broad street line because the future sports talk radio has finally arrived any shout outs my friend no let's just do the usual thank yous thank you guys as always for listening to us whether it's on 106.5 fm every saturday morning here in philadelphia wppm lp philadelphia or wherever you get your podcasts apple Podcasts, stitcher radio TuneIn Radio, Google Play, YouTube Music, Spotify. Just do a search for the Broad Street Line. Download us to your phone, your iPod, your iPad, your MP3 enabled device, your computer. Take us with you on the go or listen at home 24-7-365. You can also listen to us through the TuneIn app or go to TuneIn.com. Search for the Philly Cam Station. And again, tune in to us every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Philly Cam Station. Also on 106.5 FM in Philadelphia. Also, while you're doing all of that, please do us a solid. Follow us on the Twitter machine. He is at SKD215. I am at the BS9. Uh, this weekend, hopefully, as we, as you are hearing this, hopefully Eldrick is still alive in the in, in the uh, the PGA Championship. Yeah, you tweeted over. me after his first damn hole, man. That's correct. First damn hole. Birdie. Birdie. <laughs> Birdie. No, no, one, no 
Now, what did Tiger end up for the, for the first round? Plus four. Plus four oh. in the first round. <laughs> oh, um, so, it went, so it went downhill after that. It went a little uphill, then a little downhill. Um, he, he, I believe he hurt himself like, on the turn um, after his ninth hole. He was on the 18th. He started on the back nine. But I believe he hurt himself uh, on, on the turn coming in. Uh, but he had a plus four. I'm not sure where that lands in the hierarchy. Probably somewhere in the in the 40s or 50th 50s range. Yeah, no, he'll definitely be in the like. He'll definitely be like on the uh, like I don't know within the range of like making the cut or not making it. Right, right. No, but he was pleased playing with again a very talented group today. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, part of the crew uh, with Tiger Woods. Hopefully, Tiger. You know Woods. who didn't play this weekend, Roy? Yes, Phil yes. Mickelson. Which yes. is seriously, I don't know. If this is getting enough play for just yeah, how crazy this is, like it's I don't not. know, like Phil Mickelson is seriously, I would say the second most popular golfer of the century. I don't right. think it's close. It's Correct. behind Tiger Woods. Like they've always been unofficial rivals or official rivals, but like I don't know, like whenever, like I don't know, whenever you thought of Tiger, the next dude you thought of was Phil Mickelson, and somehow. In the last year, his entire career is getting like completely like just like I don't know, like wiped away. Well, wiped I won't away. even say I won't say somehow. You I mean you know how. And for those of you who <laughs> don't know how, um Phil Mickelson is basically uh in bed with a lot of the Saudi money and trying to start a, a new kind of splinter tour uh from the PGA tour called the I don't know if it's called the L I V tour or the Live Tour. I'm not sure if what's the actual if it's an acronym for something. Um any one of the guys who they've kind of hooked up with and Phil Mickelson, apparently, if you want to read the stories, um, may or may not need some money. <laughs> yes, he may or may not have significant gambling debts. Um, there were reports that he may have gambled or lost up to forty million dollars gambling. So, so, so really, this is this was strictly a money grab for Phil Mickelson to compensate for these 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 reported losses. Well, Phil said Phil Mickelson said that he wants to kind of affect some kind of change on the PGA. Tour. Yeah, okay, pal. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know what the specifics no. of that are. But basically, his story is that you know, if a bunch of us make our voices heard and go to this other tour, and you know, the other tour kind of gets some more exposure, then the PGA Tour will kind of capitulate to our demands and change some things. I don't know that much in, about golf and PGA Tour to explain that part of it. All I know is there's a lot of money over here from some people who you know. May or may not have some sh- kind of shady ties, so there's neither here nor there. And Phil is basically on an island, like trying to recruit everybody away from the PGA Tour. Meanwhile, everybody's saying, "No, Phil, this ain't the way to do it. This is dirty money, X, Y, Z." And Phil and Greg Norman are on this island by themselves, and they seem like they have no friends. It's the weirdest thing no, ever. It's no, so weird. like, no, this is, this is like, I don't know. Other than Kaepernick, this is what blacklisted looks like. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know, and, and, but one, I think this is very apparent and the, the other people, the PGA are acknowledging that they're, they're blacklisting Phil Mickelson. They're not even hiding it anymore. They're like, no, like, I don't know. <laughs> don't show up. Don't show no, up. No, no, well, no, Phil, Phil, Phil said he, Phil, Phil made the decision not to show up. But that I'm pretty said, sure that, that came <laughs> under duress. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that said, Phil knew if he had to, if he showed up. He would have to answer seven thousand questions about this thing. He probably didn't want to deal with that. So, Phil, Phil, Phil is the defending champion of this tournament. Like he's yes. the defending champion of the PGA Championship. He ain't there. This is the weirdest and thing. And he's, not and he's because healthy. Of injury, right? Like, he's healthy. The PGA champion. Like this is no. I'm like and, and no. This is but this shows. Like I don't know. Like and Phil Mickelson is a very popular like athlete celebrity. Yeah. Like I, I don't know and. 
it, it shows, man. Like, like it, if you care enough to put your, like, I don't know, dirty laundry under wraps, you can. And like, no, like, I'm surprised, like, you saying, like, his reported, like, I don't know, issues with gambling is news to me. I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Phil, and again, there's some, some other conflicting stories about this, but apparently, Phil's, was, I don't know, I don't know if he's on the hook for this or lost it. I mean, this is just a cumulative loss or whatever. But he's got like $40 million in gambling losses. Now, <laughs> could you imagine? Could you? I, I know, like, I don't know, like, he makes a lot of money, right? Like, I like, but that, like, that would, I, I can't even comprehend. Like, I mean, I don't even think Barkley was ever down that much, but like, I don't know, like, that's, that shows you that, like, the comp- sorry for this tangent, but I feel like no. this is like I feel it's that competitive thing. That's what the Jordan, like that's what drew Jordan into gambling. Like I don't know, and and let's not like be like I don't know, like fake. Like I don't know, Jordan Michael Jordan was a an excessive gambler. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And yeah, just just to just to kind of clarify this, so we don't get sued. Um, I believe it's Alan Shipnick has a book about Phil coming out next year. And the report is that, yeah, between 2010 and 2014, um, Phil Mickelson had $40 million in gambling losses. Now, some people are saying that he might have been a front for other people who had gambling losses and things like that. Again, I don't know the details of that. But, again, if you're Phil, if you're Phil Mickelson and you're, you, know, you or someone in your orbit is, is responsible for $40 million of gambling losses and there's a new Saudi-backed venture that's probably giving you easy nine figures – just to be the face of this thing. If I'm Phil Mickelson, you know, I understand. Like, I get it. And But you're right. Just to kind of circle back on the, on the competitive thing. Yeah, like, I don't think Barkley lost this, many, this much money. But all these, like, I don't see all these. A lot of these athletes who, you know. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Floyd Mayweather. Michael Jordan. Charles Barkley. Eight million guys we don't even know. Like, a lot of these guys, again, a lot of these guys are competitive. You know, like, they, they see millions of dollars and they, and they say, hey, I can, you know, I know sports. I'm competitive. I can yeah. do this just as well as I do play golf. So he neither here nor there. It's a weird situation. We won't see Phil Mickelson this weekend. So hopefully, I'll be tweeting about Tiger Woods. I don't Tiger think Woods we'll see weekend. Phil Mickelson for a long time. You mean like this this calendar year? Yes. This dude just can't not play. I mean, he can, but I mean, <laughs> like he, he can't just hide from this forever. He's got to show up at some something, right? You could you you could easily replace one name. With another, but no, I, I feel it's like like I've always said with that other situation, something don't smell right, and like I don't know, Phil Mickelson willing to throw away like a PGA his PGA career for something that's like I understand like I don't know it's Saudi money and that's just no bueno, but I feel that there's an added layer to this. Like I don't yeah. know, like well, once again, the entire story isn't out there for public consumption yet. So yeah, so hopefully. Again, we'll get some sort of resolution or some some sort of information about this. Um, hopefully, I'll be tweeting about Tiger Woods. I don't know what you're going to be tweeting about this weekend because it is excessively hot outside. Oh, uh, no. I, 97 I will, Saturday, 93 on Sunday. I will be excessively tweeting about how hot it is. It should not be this hot for May. It shouldn't. Like, no. Like, I don't know. I know this starts the debate of hot, extreme hot versus extreme cold. I, I'm extreme cold forever. I can't. I hate hot like i don't know like 100 degree hot it gets on my nerves like i sweat i'm just like i don't know I, i've always felt that like i don't know you can do things to alleviate like i don't know cold you could wear a hoodie you could wear a snuggie you can't do much when it's 100 100 degrees there's only so many layers you can take off 
<laughs> yeah, you can't take skin off. You can put on infinite layers when it's cold. There's only so many layers you can take off. You can you can take off when it gets hot. But so so what you're saying is, like the Sixers, you're not able to take the heat. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> boom, boom, yeah. No, I'll, no, because no, like I'm gonna say that like we 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 need an extreme, like I don't know, an, an extreme heart check for the Sixers, not heat check. Oh, that's good. One. I like I like that. I like that. I want to I want to save that for a second. Um, again, we are very late in doing this because again, we recorded this before Game Six. But unlike the Sixers, we show up and we actually perform when the red light is on and the cameras tell us to perform. Um, the Sixers did not do that in their Game Six loss at home to the Miami Heat. Um, it was ninety nine to ninety, but it was not that close. Um, team came out super flat. Um, we got a couple of sound bites from Jimmy Butler after the game. There was one in particular where he said that he'd still like to play with Joel Embiid. And there was another when he was going into the locker room where he yelled to no one in particular. And by no one in particular, I mean the cameras. He yelled Tobias Harris over me, um, basically making allusions to the fact that the Sixers chose to go with Tobias Harris. That, uh, that's way, the way correct word, boy. Allusions. Once allusions. again. I mean, as much as, like, you want to respect Jimmy Butler just for his, I don't know, career, like, I don't know, self-made man, like, I don't know, like, worked as, like, a janitor, I think, like, I don't, like, he is a superstar. God, he's annoying. And, and, and but he knows how to play that media game, man. He knows how to get all the, all the media and all the reporters on patting him up on his buttocks and saying, oh, what a great, like, what a, what a warrior that Jimmy Butler is. Like, I don't know. We get it. We get it. You you, you you barely sleep. You operate only on coffee and just like I don't know, <laughs> and, and, and just grit. Like no, I, I mean like we get it, we get it. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't need to hear any more of that. But I because and I think what's being forgotten because it's like I don't know, it, it's sexy to think, oh my god, you lost Jimmy Butler because you picked Ben Simmons over him. I mean, there's probably a figment of truth to that, but let's remember. Jimmy Butler has had his heart set on Miami for a long time. Long time. Like, I don't know. And I don't think being friends with Joel Embiid or, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think that was going to be enough to keep him here. Like, I don't know. Is it a nice thing to say, oh, my God, the Sixers, like, I don't know, picked Ben Simmons over him? I mean, they did. But I don't think – I think they picked Ben Simmons because they knew Jimmy Butler wasn't going to come back. (laughs) I I don't know. I think think there is some sort – but I I think the Sixers were so – and, again – at the time, I agree with them. I think they were so tied into Ben Simmons that, yeah. again, picking Ben Simmons over picking the dude who had already, you know, malcontented his way out of multiple situations before. Like, I get, <clears throat> I understand why they made the decision that they made. Like you said, like, let's not play revisionist history with Jimmy Butler. Three months ago, we all saw this dude wanting to fight his coach. <laughs> like, Eric yes. Estra, like, one of the most mild-mannered guys in the NBA, like, threw his clipboard and was visibly upset with Jimmy Butler during a timeout of just a regular regular season game. Jimmy Butler just got upset with everybody on the team. This is three months ago. Like, let's not make Jimmy Butler out to be a saint and the easiest person to deal with. And Oh, no. And, and I think, just remember that this environment, the way it was and is constructed, would not be able to contain or control Jimmy Butler. Like he would, he would run rough shot and just stop all everyone. And like the thing about Miami is he can't do that. Like I don't know. Like that incident with Spo. That I, I mean, that was the first time he popped off because he knows he can't pop off on Pat Riley. He can't. Like I don't know. He can't. Like because once again, I think 
because we we'll talk about the games maybe, but like I, I mean, like I think with the Heat and they're I don't think they're that a, a talented bunch, but they have a great organization with mm-hmm. great development, great coaches, and just a mindset. Like I don't know, I hate to use the word culture because it's just yeah, oh my yeah. God, culture is the word, but they have a culture of accountability and. I think, like, I don't know, Roy, that, like, I thought, I mean, me personally, I thought that the Sixers' issues were going to be over once they got rid of Ben Simmons. I did. But apparently, there's stuff still there. Like, I don't know. that, and But I, like, I thought about this for a couple of days for some reason. I don't know why. But I feel that, like, it's hard to, like, build that, that culture of accountability when you just let someone, who you just traded, though, just not be held responsible for not improving. Like basically, like the Heat would never like a, a good organization would just not let stuff like that fly. They wouldn't. And like I, I feel like I don't know. Like I understand that like like someone needs to set it, but like who? Like I don't know. Is it the GM? GM's been here like what a year and a half. The coach yeah. has been here two years. He, I, I know, and, and the players like. I don't want to hold like the best player accountable for like, cause maybe hit the setting culture is just not his strong suit. And I'm starting to believe that as great of just a player and just a face of the organization, Joel Embiid is being a vocal leader might not be his thing. It, mm-hmm. No, I, I think it's apparent. It's not. Well, let's kind of circle all the way back to like your original part point, because you were saying that, you know, Jimmy Butler might not have worked here because he would have ran rough shot over everybody. Who cares? Like, rough shot over who? Like, other than Joel Embiid, I don't care about anybody else around here. No, like, Joel that, Embiid, no, no, that's a good point. And I yeah. think that Joe, I think Jimmy would be a good, um, not influence, but a good person to keep, to hold Joel accountable because I don't know how many people in the organization can hold Joel accountable because but, uh, he yeah. is the most important player and he probably knows it. So, like, I don't know. And thankfully, he's a very motive, self-motivated person, but once again, let's be honest. There are a lot of times where he just is just in a mood and the team follows him. Yeah, and again, I don't want to, you know, play the 2020 revisionist history game, but if Joel Embiid is here and Jimmy Butler's here, and like you said, Jimmy Butler is that guy who holds Joel and everybody accountable. And if he runs out Ben Simmons and he run out Tobias Harris and they run out Brett Brown, who probably was, you know, had done and you know, done here anyway, it's like, okay because we have two guys who really, really care about winning and they'll make sure that everybody else is brought into the locker room buys into that mentality. I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, again, now granted, now, again, this is 2020, you know, rose-colored glasses kind of thing. Who's to say that, you know, the two of them would have built and been, been a dynasty? Yeah. But you see what we see now, and you're like, all right, well, we're kind of stuck because we're, you know, two, you know, how many, how many years into this, you know, post-Jimmy Butler experiment and we haven't, you know, haven't gotten past the second round. And according to everybody on this team, no one on this team, as you said, has any heart other than other than Joel Embiid, which is wild because yeah, you had no, multiple no. players say that we ain't tough, we handle heart, we kind of gave who is, up. Who, who's who's responsible for that? Is the answer just a quick everybody? Everybody, okay. everybody. You get. I mean, you, no, don't, you and, don't have to teach heart. Think, no, no, and like you can't trade for heart either. Like I don't know. That is a like I I don't know. That's a very like I don't know. Like, very, you can't, it's an intangible thing that, like, you just, 
see it when you're watching a game or just just you see a pj tucker you see like i don't know jimmy butler sorry and excuse me again you just know what what heart or mental toughness looks like like i don't know like i don't know do the sixers like where do you trade that for tobias harris i don't know like but i feel that like for me, I think the, the dynamic of this team is off and you need to just change the dynamic. I don't know what that, I don't know what element you change, but I think you need to change it for the sake of change. I don't, do you think it's Doc Rivers? Like, I don't know, but I, I always felt that like, I, I'll, I'll stick to this belief that coaching, you are literally just keeping the hands. You're just, they're just keeping it like, like, I don't know, straight. The player, a good team should have players policing themselves. And unfortunately, the Sixers don't have that. You mentioned Doc Rivers. And again, I don't think Doc Rivers is responsible for the heart or the toughness part of this. And either way, he's going to be back next year. Um, he already got the vote of confidence from Daryl Morey um, that he'll return. Um, but you're right. I think this is kind of – this comes from – this is on the players, and the players kind of police this and they kind of are, you know, more or less responsible for this. But that said – like you said, you mentioned, like, and, and Joel mentioned himself. He's like, you know, we had a guy like Mike Scott. You know, he didn't play a lot, but, again, he kind of brought a little something to the locker room. You see a guy like P.J. Tucker out there. Again, he doesn't score a lot. He's not a superstar, but he brings a little something to the locker room. You can get guys like that. Um, you can find guys. And, again, I don't know how many there are in this free agent class. But you can find guys or trade for guys if you want to to kind of bring that to this locker room. And I think, you know, whether it's Tobias Harris, whether it's Matisse Leibold, whether it's whoever, you got to bring that. You have to bring something of some of that into the into the locker room. Yeah, there are more because upset. I don't no because like you're not anyone you trade possibly trade is not bringing that. <laughs> so you need to take away someone who isn't bringing that. And like I don't know, like and, and I feel like Tobias tries to be that leader, but I don't. But, but when you're underperforming, making that much money, it's hard. If you're like I don't know, like like, I don't know, trying to be that leader, and, like, you're telling Joe, come on, Joe, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, keep it up. And Joe's like, dude, you've sucked for, like, the last 30 games, bud. Like, I don't know how that, like, I don't know how you, like, can have, like, you need to have that confidence to, like, and more importantly, the respect of your teammates to say, oh, okay, he ain't the best player, but you know what? I'm taking his, like, I don't know. No, like, P.J. Tucker, but you also need, like, the – Jimmy Butler's the leader of that team. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but, and, and more importantly, he's the best player on the team. So right. he can hold people accountable and give give that dude all his warts, man. He is just, he's he doesn't take plays off. He doesn't. And like, no. I don't know, that is, your, your teammates see that and they're like, yo, if I get, if I, if I slack off, I'm going to get reamed out by Jimmy Butler and I don't need that. No, and, and I think, I don't think there's a player on the Sixers team that I don't say they're afraid of, but like, I don't know who's calling out if someone messes the rotation, the problem though, I mean, the answer is no one because you saw or misses an offensive rebound assignment. You like, you haven't seen that because it, the, that person doesn't exist because it happened all season. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, like the coach has some, has some slaying saying that, but you're right. Somebody needs to call, hold these guys feet to the fire. Somebody in the locker room needs to hold these guys feet to the fire. Somebody who they respect um, needs to be that guy. And again, like you said, Joel Embiid doesn't seem like the vocal leader. Um, doesn't seem like the vocal guy who's going to be that guy. James Harden clearly isn't that. And James Harden, of course, isn't according to um, Joel Embiid. He's not even Houston Harden 
<laughs> which again, which is another weird quote. I've never heard like, guys that kind of come at other guys like this hard in a post postseason press no. conference. He, Joel and B, basically, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but he basically said, "We thought we were getting Houston Harden. He ain't that dude no more. So we got to figure it out." It's like, bro, it's like we were like, yeah, no, like, I, I, no, like there is, I'm telling, like. I'm waiting for like that, like it hasn't come out yet. But I'm waiting for like someone to spill the tea on, on frankly the the James Harden Joel Embiid dynamic because I don't know how great that is, and mm. and I don't know if you bring in another superstar because I feel like I don't know. People just want to say, "Oh, let's bring in the next superstar." I'm like, is that the answer? Is is that really the answer? Like, or is that the most reasonable answer you can have? Like, I don't know, but. I don't think that's the elixir. I don't think having James Harden, like, is Brad Beal going to be, like, I don't know, the mediator between James Harden and Joel Embiid? No. <laughs> well, if nothing else, if nothing else, it's clear that the Sixers have a lack of talent. They are not as talented as the best teams in the NBA. Now, is bringing in a, another superstar going to solve that? Going to clean, you know, I mean, it'll tighten the gap. But I mean, does that So you want to bridge, bridge some gap? You want to bridge, like, if you can't bridge the chemistry gap, which I don't think you reasonably, like, I, I think if you win a lot, maybe that helps the chemistry. But I feel like, I don't know, every team goes on a losing streak. And, like, I don't know. So, but if your answer is just let's bridge the talent gap, then, yeah, I guess, bring in Brad Beal, Zach Levine. But at what cost? And I think, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I mean, we – I I didn't think the day I didn't think this day would come as soon as I thought because I thought I thought after the season he was an untouchable but is is Tyrese Maxey gonna not be on this team? It, it, no, it, if you trade for a superstar, is Tyrese Maxey automatically not on? This team? So just for a little background, so the Sixers, according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN, the Sixers and Daryl Morey specifically are, are are hot to trot, if you will, um, for yet another star. Um, Windhorst didn't say specifically say. Who that person was, or who those players slash that player slash players were, but uh, the common knowledge is that it's probably Bradley Beal's on the last year of his contract uh, with the Washington Wizards. Um, and look, I, I think I and, think it's and, clear. And sorry, Roy. And yeah. sorry, Roy. Reportedly, this is the dude Joel Embiid really wanted at the deadline. So read that. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I don't like. I just don't know what a dynamic of James Harden and Brad Beal do. Like I don't know. Like both of those guys aren't like i don't know considered like i don't know locker room leaders you just have a couple divas like i don't like is brad beal gonna score the living bejesus out of the ball yes what does brad beal want in his career nothing but again like <laughs> what is what have any of these guys want in their career nothing yeah no but, i mean <laughs> i hate to say that about joel mb but i, I mean it, it, is that a fair statement to make what does joel mb want well he hasn't won anything so i mean it's not it's not <laughs> an unfair statement he hasn't won anything so uh, and, and the thing is, just kind of on the Brad Beal thing, the Sixers wanted to trade Brad Beal, and we're, we're probably going to trade for Brad Beal if Beal didn't get hurt from early in the, in the year. I think it was a wrist injury um, that kind of basically knocked him out for the rest of the year. So Bradley Beal could have been the guy that was here instead of James Harden. Um, if he hadn't gotten hurt, that might have been the guy. So Daryl Moore has been after Bradley Beal for a while. As you mentioned, Joel Embiid's been after Bradley Beal for a while. You're only going to get Bradley Beal, as you mentioned. You're only going to get this third superstar, his other piece, whatever have you, if you trade Tyrese Maxey. Now, of course, the question is, are you okay with trading a 21-year-old guy who could be a key piece for your team for 10 years just to get a guy who can score the BGs out the ball but may or may not take you to that next level? Right, we might not be here in 10 years. Sorry. 
No, like I like I feel that like if if you think, and I'm not one of these people that thinks Bradley Beal is like I don't know, like does he give you the best shot? Like I don't know, like with every option available, I guess so. <laughs> but I feel like I don't know, like that will. I I feel that doesn't for me anyway. It still doesn't remove that that this chemistry, the chemistry within this team. You bring a Bradley Beal, one, the expectations are going to get ramped up. One, you still have James Harden. Like, I don't know, like, if if that this has a possibility of going real bad, if, like, I don't know, you don't make this chemistry project work. And with a chemistry project, that's already screwed up. How much higher are these expectations going to get ramped up, though? Like, do we already expect this team to make the conference finals? Like, it was already a disappointment. Like, this year was already no, a disappointment. I, no, I think the – like, you bring in Brad Beal. It's it's almost finals or bust. Okay, but okay, okay. How much more of that? How much more expectations are get ramped up than what we have now? Because isn't it almost finals or bust with this squad? Or what? Didn't it you is. think that? It, That's what I'm no, saying. Like, I, no. like Bradley Beal makes you better, and yes, you should win more games and blah 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 blah. But it's like, yo, like you guys were like a rampant disappointment this year anyway. So it's like we expect you to get be better if you don't do anything else. If you just come back with the same team next year. It better be almost finals of bust next year, just with this team. Even even with no tough guys, even with Doc Rivers, you know, whatever you think of him as a coach, this team should be almost finals or bust anyway. So why not get Bradley Beal? Like, are we oh, are we just overvaluing this team? Well, I we, you and you and I know. I mean, but smart people know what this team is. I mean, no, like, no, I no no no, and I mean in the sense of how good can your team be? When the best player on your team by a wide margin is a center. Because I see, I watch the playoffs like you, man. It is dominated. Dominated by not just very good shot creators. Like the best shot creators on God's green earth. Mm-hmm. And until you get that, you're not like, and I don't know, is, is Brad Beal one of the God Green's greatest, like, I don't know, shot creators? He's really good. Really good. Is he Luka Doncic? No. Is he Jason Tatum? No. Is he Giannis? So, uh, and one, these teams are built right too. Like, I'll just say, if if the Sixers bow out in the second round, which even if they bring in Brad Beal, I still think is their destiny, which is insane. Like, I don't know. Then what does this say about, like, Joel, like, the prospect of building around a center? Like, because at some point, I know he's at two straight – MVP caliber season, but at some point, I don't want to say a finger needs to be pointed ahead, but you need to start questioning, yo, is this the right way to build a team? Yes, that's and that's why, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't point the finger at him. I would just point the finger at, I don't say everybody at else, basketball? but it's like, no, 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 not at basketball. I mean, the game is the game. Like, you need a, you need an, an elite level perimeter, you know, perimeter shot, you know, wing shot creator, whatever you want to call them. You just need one of the, you need one of those dudes. Like, no matter whether whether or not you have Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, or whether you don't, you still need one of them dudes on the wing who can ISO a guy and get you a bucket. Like, you need a, a Steph Curry, a Jason Tatum, however, whatever flavor you want that of that guy. So I don't think this is an indictment on Joel Embiid. I think this is an indictment on the Sixers of not ever getting one of those dudes <laughs> despite having 7,000 you know, top three picks. Yeah. No, no, that's what no, I think it no, is. No, no, that's very true. Because it's not like they haven't had – an opportunity to scoop one with their 18 draft picks. Right. They're, they're, they're like, I don't know, all their pick swaps. 
and just every like like cap room out the wazoo. No, I, I feel like I don't know. Like in the end, I feel this is just going to be an indictment on just Sixers management just botching right. this botchamania, as, as, as that um, AW botches um, account would say. Botchamania. Yeah, yeah. No, I just think I, I just think again. I hate to be that guy, but again, like I said, you and I see it. Smart people see it. Like. You can bring in Bradley Beal. You can kind of build around the margins or whatever like that. But unless you get one of those dudes, like you're gonna have to catch lightning in a bottle if you if this team ever is ever gonna get to the finals. Because again, like you you see all these teams throughout at least recent history, you gotta have one of those guys. And again, I now, Jimmy now, Butler, boy, now, now boy, <laughs> say you yeah. have a Brad Beal and a semi regenerated James Harden, or have you just given up on the thought of James Harden being like? Are you buying any of the yo? If he gets an off season, he's not looking like Houston Harden, but like <laughs> the first twenty games in in Brooklyn Harden. Because the funny thing, like I don't know if people realize that James Harden has been right for like a year and a half. Right. This this isn't just like oh like he can like he got hurt in the playoffs last year. Right. And Harden himself, he said, like he's like he's basically trying to been trying to rehab himself for the last two years, like during the season. So he said, like, yo, I got yeah, my body hasn't been right the last couple of years. Personally, I think you're gonna get 15% better James Harden. Whatever that means, <laughs> I don't know. But I, he's 33 years old. I mean, he's not gonna get that much better. Um, you know, at, at 33. No, no, but I think and I think another question is I, I think because all this this all ties together, is right. You can't get you can't get like I don't know. You can't get uh. You can't trade for a guy unless you get the right you unless you get to a right contract extension with James Harden. Correct. Like, I like and I I don't know what's fair. I don't know what's what's reasonable. Like I, you know what I know is not reasonable paying this dude forty eight million dollars next year because that that's just not. But I, I mean, like, what's a discount? Like four and one twenty, three and one twenty. So yeah, so uh, James Harden is it's he has a player option for forty seven point four million dollars next season. Um, he is eligible for a four year two hundred thirty three million dollar extension this summer. Um, the conventional wisdom I've seen this a couple places is that the Sixers will probably work on an extension for him this offseason, three or four years um, at thirty million per. So three and ninety. Thirty. He's yes. he's play, He's taking off. He he's taking a seventy million dollar pay cut. Three and ninety or four and one twenty. No one can offer him max money this summer. So maybe he's like looking at the and he's looking at the what he did this year and he's reading the tea leaves and he's like, look, I know no one's ever going to give me this much money ever again. Let me get the set. Let me get the confidence or let me get the the guaranteed 30, 30 million per. And if I had to course, guess, if I if I had to guess, I just just kind of just yeah. kind of throwing numbers up here. If I had to guess, I'd say the James Harden signs an extension this summer for four and one forty, like thirty five per. That's my guess. That's my gut. I no. I feel like I don't know. That is. That's the pill we got to swallow. I guess I don't know. But you know what? Gotta swallow it. Forty-seven is better. Thirty-five is better than forty-seven. That's the thirty-five. But it's thirty-five over four years better than forty-seven. Oh, I don't care. No, we have to stop worrying about the future. Like I don't know. Okay. The future is now. (laughs) Like because once because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crazy to think that, like, I don't know. If this doesn't work, I don't think you're going to have Joel Embiid for much longer. Because, I, I, I mean, at some point, like, he's not going to be Dame Lillard. He's not going to keep, like, I don't know. He's going to, like, not run away. He's going to 
not run away from the grind. He's going to, like, I don't know, like, and there's going to be a team that, like, I don't know, because at some point, he wants to win a championship. He is. He's, like, I don't know, he's an elite NBA player. All of them do. Except Dame Lillard, who just is happy just playing in Portland for the rest of his life. But I think at some point, he's going to say, you know what, Daryl? I know we play tennis and we're cool, but you got to get me out of here because I, I, and not that you haven't tried, but I, I mean, the Harden thing ain't working. The Beal thing ain't well, like there's nothing keeping him here. And, and I know that he is just beloved here, but I, I, if this, if you don't get to a finals in two years, is anyone going to blame Joel and B for leaving? No. And they shouldn't because again, like Joel and B's been here for however long he's been here. And they've consistently failed to build a team around him. He's clearly a MVP caliber talent. He's clearly a top five player in the NBA. And you should be able to, with a top five player in the NBA, you should be able to get to a conference finals. Again, we ain't asking for much. But and I'm not sure how much longer he wants to play. And more importantly, his body's going to hold up, boy. Right. Like, right. I don't know. He ended the season with a broken face and a broken hand. You only, you only have two, two, two at max. Two more yeah. prime years of Joel. No, no, it. no. This is That's a – if max. you told me that, like, he might – like, if, if the season – like, I don't know. Like, I, I know, ended sideways, the 20, the 22-23 season that sideways, I wouldn't be surprised if he asked for a trade then. This uh, is a very – this is a very year-to-year. If, if if it's trending downward, he's asking it. And I don't think anyone reasonable is saying – is blaming him. It's like, yo, like, I'm surprised you lasted this long. And, like, I don't know, maybe it's Miami. Maybe it's somewhere. But I feel like, I don't know, it, it, it's just it's just a cycle of an NBA superstar where you're just like, dude, like, I, I like and, and one, who wants to pay Joel and be $45 million a year if, if you're, like, the five seed every year or the six seed? Right. Yeah, if, if, if the Sixers kind of just run this back and try to improve at the margins and, again, they get popped in the second round, Joel and B would almost be foolish not to ask for a trade next summer. Now, if they yeah. bring in a Bradley Beal or a Zach Levine, and maybe get to the next, you know, the second round, you know, the same spot. Maybe he doesn't ask for a trade. Maybe he has to sit out for another year with another coach. But I'm, no, no, but I'm saying, but like, I'm saying, if you get Brad Beal, is that enough in his eyes to say, "Yo, you're doing enough"? Well, like, well, I guess the question is, does it buy you another year? And I think the answer is probably. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. No. No. I, I, I think if it's Beal, because I feel like him and Beal have like a relationship or a friendship or whatever. He ain't got a friendship. He ain't got a relationship with Harden. Like I don't know. Like like right. you need, you need a buffer between those two because I feel like they are very. I mean, Joel Embiid had no problem ripping the dude. Like I don't know. He's right. been on the Multiple league. Times. He's been on the team. He's been on the team for three months, man. Like I don't know. Like is it cool? Not really. But I. But I. I feel like shouldn't you be tell, saying this? Saying this to him in in his face. And maybe he has, but again. Multiple times he's been public with, you know, talking to James Harden saying, yeah, because remember the couple weeks ago, well, a couple weeks before they got popped, he said, you know, like James needs to shoot more. I'm not the coach. Yeah. I can't tell him what to do. The coach got to tell him what to do. And then after this, like, yeah, we thought we were getting a better dude. He's not. So it's like, it's multiple times now where he's been public with, you know, his disdain, whatever you want to call it. With, yeah, with no, Harden. and I think that's the, that's the biggest issue for me with James Harden is like, not only a declining player, but is he going to be this difficult for his entire time here? Because if he yeah. is, then I don't want him. Like, yeah. but I feel like he's almost unnecessary evil. It's like right. you cannot get rid of him. Like, there's literally no way. I'm telling you, like, I, I know this. Like, I, I have a feeling. Like I said, my gut tells me the Sixers signed into an extension. If I'm the Sixers, I, I, I know. Like, I, 
I try to, I say, look, just pick up this option. We're going to run this back another year. I'll try to get Bradley Beal. But again, like, I really don't want to be married to this dude long term. I don't, man. I don't see any possibility. What if, what if after the 23 season, this flames out and you have Embiid asking for a trade and all you have is James Harden and Brad Beal? Correct. That's- you That's just the made worst. yourselves the Wizards. You're yeah. the Wizards. You're the Wizards. Uh, yeah, I can't and commit this dude. Except, like, no, like, you are the Wizards after, like, with the John Wall microfracture. That is what Sixers fans w- never want to be. Like, I don't know. That is worse than the show you love Sixers. At least they were kind of cheap. Right. Yeah. No, you don't, yeah. you don't want to be expensive and bad. Like, you, you just don't. Expensive or, and bad with guys, with, with a guy that nobody wants. That's the thing. You can't even, yeah. even trade James Harden at that time because he's got one, three more years. Yeah, one, you can't get a coach that's going to come here because, right. like, no reasonable coach is going to want to coach a declining James Harden who's still difficult as hell to coach. This is right. like from from everything I've read, he's still like you just don't stop being a superstar personality even though you don't have superstar personality. Like it's like Chris right. Paul. I, right. I, I mean, Chris Paul is still going to be that point god DH. Except he just can't run. Like I don't know. It's 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 like Westbrook. Like you just these guys and like I don't know. Like I'm not making excuses. It's hard to turn that like alpha stuff off, even though you have diminishing skills. That's that's good. Let's let's segue. So you talked about Chris Paul. Let's just stop talking about this bum team. Let's talk about the Suns because they got smashed at home in Game <laughs> Seven uh, to the by, by the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and like hours after that, Patrick Beverly could not wait to get to New York to the Seaport Studios to kind of rip Chris Paul. Let me before we get to that part, let me just ask you: Is are you okay with a guy at the caliber of Patrick Beverly just taking no, like infinity shots at Chris, at Chris Paul? See, I, no. See, I wanted to say no, but I'm on the other side of this. I want you to explain why. He's not like I don't like. I don't feel like I don't know. There's a hint of object. Like I, I like this is if this was if ESPN was TMZ and they're pretty much getting close to TMZ. Mm-hmm. I would say sure. ESPN's trying to like be an objective. Like you're trying to like I don't know. Be all this dude like all those dudes doing is just like I don't know. Just just dumping on Chris Paul. I'm like, does he deserve it? What once again? It's the messenger that I have a problem with, not okay. like the message. And okay. like I don't know. Patrick Beverly is a bum. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like, I don't know. And, and one, another guy who loves, like, like, like that's a Gilbert Arenas. That's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just are completely oblivious to the fact of their their role in the basketball ecosystem. And, like, I don't know. Like, like do I have a problem with some, like, do I have a problem with him being cr- critical of Chris Paul? Absolutely not. Did, is he going completely overboard with, with this? And just, like, I don't know. Like, Telling his like the life story, the genesis of his hate toward Chris Paul. I don't care about that. Like I, I really don't. <laughs> I know a lot of people were saying, like you know, like who was you know who was Patrick Beverly, and you know, like he doesn't have the resume to kind of come at Chris Paul. But I, I like the smoke, man. Like we like we always say, like a lot of these guys are way too friendly, way too buddy buddy. They love each other. They hang out each no, other. I don't, all, oh, all no, time. I have no problem with like adversarial relationships. I, love I it. just don't need. I just don't need to have it on ESPN. Like I don't no, know. Like I love it. Like keep keep it on Twitter. Keep it on that like pod with like Jack and, and like or put it on that old man in three pod. I just like I don't know. Like like because one, I just think it just it makes like I don't like it makes all those other opinions just look. It's like you know what? Like he basically came off for ratings. I get that, but it's like sure. 
can we just like have some level of just objectivity? Like, I don't know. No. Like, I don't need you to be super objective. But let's not say, yo, I hate Chris Paul. Patrick Beverly, you said it yourself just now. Patrick Beverly is on that show for ratings. He's you know, on that show to give you objective basketball analysis. He's not on that show to break down second spectrum numbers. He's on there to bring the heat. And if he wants to rip Chris Paul and bring in Ben Simmons and, you know, even say, like, he talked to Paul George and all that stuff like that, everybody at ESPN is going to eat that up. And we as fans are going to eat that up because we see stuff no, we haven't no, seen no, in a long time. Now, what if now what if someone, say Joel and B came on and said, yo, man, Ben Simmons is trash. Like, Love I was, it. Like, Love uh, it. All right. You, Love it. So you wouldn't. Okay. Love so, it. So no, I'm, uh, <laughs> so you I'm here for no the smoke. Problem. Okay. I'm here to be entertained. Those, show, those oh, shows no. are for entertainment. Entertainment purposes only. I'm here to no, be entertained. See, like, I still want, like, I don't know, like, not first take, but, like, I don't know. Like, I need some level of information. Like, I I, I still want a nice blend of being informed and entertained. Patrick Beverly does nothing for, for, to inform me. Like, I don't know. I want to know what a backdoor, like, like, I don't know why Chris Paul's showing. I don't need to know that he, like, dissed your mama six years ago, <laughs> and that's why you hate him. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like they're, there are other avenues for you to get that's your that, that's get fair. your bars off on Chris Paul. Not that's like fair. I don't know, seven a.m. in the morning. No, like I, I feel. That's fair. But once again, this is Pat Bev. Just like I don't know, like being Pat Bev. That's not, what he is. No, no, he's no. Like I don't know, like like Young Rock said, know your role and shut your mouth. Like I don't like, but he doesn't care. Like I don't know. That's what Pat Beverly is like. His best quality is he does not care about his role. He doesn't know mm-hmm. about his assumed role. He's like he's talking like LeBron, and he and he was like he'll he will just act like like a superstar. And I just respect the brashness of it. I, like Patrick Beverly is just good enough for me. For just for me, he's just good enough to get away with that. Like if this was Matisse Thybulle or this was I don't know um, Shake Milton, you know, it's like some moderate Vort player X. Get out of my face with this. But he has three defensive, you know, de- de- defensive, you know, all you know, all defensive team. Like now, like he's like he's a player of note. Now, is he as good as he thinks he is? Because like, he says like, yo, if you're up on guard, you was like Giannis guard. Well, clearly, that's not the case. Like, come on, fam. Like, we ain't doing that. However, he is good enough. He can get these bars off. So I'm here for it. Just Chick <laughs> Milton, don't do that. <laughs> Matisse Seibel, don't do that. Like, there's certain levels of dudes who can do it. He can do it no, for me. No, but Pat Bev is like the line of demarcation. He's the line of demarcation. He's the he's yeah. the line of demarcation. Like it gets no lower than that. But Suns are at home. Luka Doncic, he a bad boy. He took he took out the Suns in seven games. Uh, the Warriors seemed like they're going to take out the Mavericks in, in, in short order after Game One. Heat up one nothing on the Celtics. Jimmy Butler has. I third. hate to say it, Roy, yes. but like after one game, I feel like these conference finals might be a little uh, disappointing. I, um, I I just. I don't get the good vibes that I did from the semifinal. I'm telling you, the Celtics are winning this series. I don't care. The Celtics are winning this series. They better I because to, I had money on them. I need to ask a question because, again, it came up this week on, on the Twitter machine. I don't know the answer. Jimmy Butler, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. You said that pretty quick. So I, I, give me your rationale because I'm not sure. Um. Tracy McGrady's a Hall of Famer, right? Tracy McGrady has what? A couple scoring titles? I mean, he's like he's he's done some really really good stuff in the league. Like, but I feel like I don't know. Like I feel that like the narrative around Jimmy Butler will get him in. Like I don't know. Like just a winner, even though he's been on some crap teams. No, correct. like I, I like I feel his rep is gonna get him in. They're not gonna look like like 
I feel like because I, I mean, Maya Ginobili's in the stats aren't great, but you know what he got in for winning, and yes. I think Jimmy to just to cement the HOF status, he's got to get one. Got to got to get one. No, is he a, is he a Hall of Famer today? For me, yes. No. Okay. For me, yes. But okay. it, 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 if he were to get one, I think he's a yeah for like the majority of fans. I, I like I feel like, and I'm usually on the side of no when when it comes to these borderline guys. I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. And that's, I think he's a very good player, but I feel like, dude, people like talk in like these religious terms when they talk about Jimmy Butler. It drives me crazy. Like, I don't know. They're just like, oh my God, he's such a born leader. He's so great. I'm like, will you stop? Like, I don't, like, I just don't get it. Jimmy Butler. He's never been a top 10 player. No, never been a top 10. Yeah, never been a top 10 player. But four four times all NBA, um, five time all defensive uh, team uh, steals champion last year, whatever that means. Um, Six time all star. I'll say this because for me, he's a borderline guy. I'll say if the if he leads this Heat team to another finals, I think he's got to be in. Like he's gonna he's gonna he would have led the Heat to two NBA finals. I can't I don't know of a guy a number one dude on any team ever who has led his team to multiple finals who's not a Hall of Famer. Like so I think he's right on the borderline. Like he's really close to to being that guy. I, it's weird to say because if you ask me last year or maybe you know yeah no i'd say last year if you asked me last year jimmy butler's all of him like no but there's something it's weird i I, I can't no no like no it's weird like i don't know like and i'm not a jimmy butler fan at all i don't like frankly i don't find his game attractive to watch i I mean do i think it's great that like a dude like his caliber just really plays hard because it's not that's not common like i don't know to not take a playoff if you're a superstar player yeah but what does he do? Just hits mid-range jumpers? Uh, mid-range to death. Yeah. yeah, like, I, I don't know. Drive one occasion, hit that uh, ugly-looking, like, set-shot three-pointer. Like, no, there was nothing about Jimmy Butler's. I'm telling you, he, if he were to go in, he might be the uns, the least sexy Hall of Famer ever. Ever. That's, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. At least, at least in the modern era. Yeah, like even, being, even centers... Yeah. Had some had had some sex appeal. Like Arvita Sabonis had sex appeal. Right. No, you're you're right. You're right. It's like it's it's like it's not the most beautiful game that you'll ever see out of a Hall of Famer, but it's efficient. It's been efficient recently, at least. And again, it's probably enough to get him um, in the Hall of Fame. We have a few minutes left. I do want to talk some other stuff. Eagles shored up the secondary this week. One year deal for former Giants corner, cornerback James Bradbury. Uh, Seven and a half million dollars incentives can push that to ten million. 35 pass breakups and seven interceptions over the past two years with the Giants. Um, not as good of a 2021 as he had in 2020 where he made the Pro Bowl. Terrible but... 2021, by the way. Terrible yes. because because my buddy, Jerk Giants fan, he put my receipts out on the internet. was like, yo, man, I heard that. Like, uh, uh, I was like, yeah, you're not going to find anything I said bad, bad about James Bradbury. He's like, yeah, here. I was like, man. No, I, 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 I've been on the fe- – I've been official saying – I don't think James Bradbury is a CB1 making 15 million bucks a year. He's not. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, right. he had a good year. Like, he was very good with Carolina. Had a good good year with the Giants in 2020. As a CB2, when you're getting, you're like, I mean, Slay, Slay's a traveler. So he's going to follow whoever. Like, and, and one, and one with the defense they're playing, I think Bradbury is going, like, Bradbury's like the, is he the best CB2 the Eagles have had in like 20 years? 
Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a question that he's the best CB two we've had in a long time, a long time. This is the best. This is the best one two three CB one two three we had in I can't even remember. Like it's been. When is when is the last time an Eagles defense had this much talent? I, I mean, I'm not. Sh- I have no idea if they're going to be good. Yeah, but yeah. Like it's hard to on, say. Like on paper, like I, I mean, is this is it dream team? Yeah, on on paper, it's dream team level of talent. Now again, whether that translates into wins and losses. Who the heck knows? But no, it's a, it's a quality signing by the Eagles. Um, it's a much needed upgrade um, for them. And again, like I, you look at the signing, you look at the schedule. We don't have time to kind of break down schedule, but if you look at that again, it seems like a team that should win double digit games uh, once again. All right, we have Easily. a few minutes left. Yeah, we have a few minutes left. We do want to get into the wrestling discussion that has taken over the internet. No, we are not talking about Ric Flair's last match. Um, oh, we're not talking about. Um, we're, we're not talking about Johnny Morrison, aka Johnny Elite. You know, no Johnny Elite, no Johnny Nitro, no Johnny Impact, whatever he's going by uh, this week. No, we are talking about the news, again, of Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of WWE Raw. Um, The two were scheduled to compete in a six-woman match to determine the number one contender for the WWE Women's women's Raw title. Um, Per reports, um, they didn't like the booking, the creative, or whatever was going on with the match. Um, They said, hey, here's our belts. We out of here. We're not playing with you guys no more. We're done. Um, now, according to reports, Naomi was going to, was going to win the match and face Bianca at Hell in a Cell. Then as a result, or following that, or kind of some, I guess something later this week, Sasha would challenge Ronda at Hell in a Cell and both would lose just to kind of, you know, boost Bianca and, and Ronda Rousey. Um, but of course that didn't happen. They walked out. Uh, they were called quote unprofessional of during the broadcast by Corey Graves Number of talents came out in support of the duo, and something I learned before we came on the air. According to reports, Naomi is in the midst of a contract negotiation with WWE as well. So a lot of moving pieces. Probably a lot of stuff is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. We have no idea how this is all going to shake out. But what is what is your what are your thoughts on the whole situation? I actually researched this and I wrote something down. Oh. I don't write. Stuff. Oh. I don't write a lot of stuff down. Just like, just like Michael Cole said, Pat McAfee's like, yeah, I dropped my pants. Like, you haven't taken a note since you've been here. But, but I actually wrote something <laughs> down. And this, and, and, and it's relate wrestling related, but it, 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 it's just true in this situation. Just like, just like Hunter Hearst Helmsley said, it's all about the game and how you play it. They're just mm-hmm. playing the game. Like, I don't know. Like, they are. Like, I, I mean, like, kudos to them having the United Front. I will argue that, like, I don't know, Naomi being in a even a program with the world champion is elevates her more than the tag team titles do. But I, I mean, like, she doesn't see it that way. Sasha Banks is obviously, like, I don't know, like, knows her work, and like, I don't know, like, good on them. But however, I, I mean, they didn't do the bid. I, I mean, like, I don't like, like, you can say, like, I don't know, like, kudos to them, but. They still committed the cardinal sin of, of wrestling. They did. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like, and, and when people saying, oh, like, I don't know, people do this all the time. They do, but when they do, they get they get ostracized. Remember, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest of all time. When he pulled this shenanigans, the entire community dumped on him. Dumped mm-hmm. on him. I mean, the quote is still, it's still used. He took his ball and went home. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, they, they called him out. Just imagine they did that to Stone Cold Steve Austin. But you know what? I don't think that happens in this. I don't think that would happen in this case. I really don't because I, I think the 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 sentiment, at least what we've heard, at least what we've heard from, because again, we've seen the other wrestlers come out in support of them, and from what we know, 
again, it seems like, I don't know, I, I haven't read you know, all the dirt sheets and all the people, but it seems like the public sentiment is a little bit more on their side than it may have been on Steve Austin's side back then or maybe on oh, oh, our oh. side. I know. I feel like I don't know. Like I, I feel like I don't know. I think there's some like, I think it's another era where like they they right. want to be united and like I don't know. They're not like I don't know. All for the like the business is right all the time. I felt right. like in 2002 the business is always right, but now these guys like like they're a little more savvier. They like, but like I don't know. It's still regardless of whether it's like I don't know like like not frowned upon by wrestlers. It's still a, not a good look when you don't do business that way. Like I don't know, it, it, and I and I don't know what the repercussions are. Like once again, the repercussions for Sasha Banks are going to be different from Dewdrop. Well, one Dewdrop wouldn't have pulled this. Like I don't know. Well, and, I don't want me. Well, I don't, I don't think she would have. Um, but, yeah. but Naomi, 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 and Sasha like probably only did this because they can. And, and the thing is, no, no. But I feel <laughs> like for me, like I don't know, like. Naomi's the, the interesting one here. Like, I don't know. Like, because obviously they did this as a duo, but like, I, I mean, right. with they and and the factor in the the Uso Roman Reigns, like they are they are the head of the table, quite literally. Right. Like, I don't know, like they are the number one dudes in the company. So I, I mean, I'm assuming this helps them, I guess, but let's not forget, like, I don't know, like they turned the other way with Jimmy Uso and his like in with with his transgression. So once again, like, I don't know, there's a lot of layers in here, but the moral of the story is if you have leverage, use it. Like, I don't know, like, and and, and one, but more importantly, deal with the heat when it comes. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Cause there's going to be repercussions. I I think, I don't know what, I don't know what they are. I don't think they get fired, but I feel like, I don't know. You'll, you will not, but I don't think it will be triple H. You're going to have to learn how to eat mounds of, bleep but i feel like i don't know you're gonna take a couple else sorry right. like i don't know you're gonna get pinned by nikki ash but, but you know what if you it like but you knew that coming in you knew yeah. that like i don't like you knew like if you were gonna stand up on principle unless your contract goes up and you were ready to leave you're gonna have to like i don't know like take a couple bad losses and you know what that's the game and, and you know what? <clears throat> to end this, the game is the game 100 of the time, regardless of industry and situation. And you know, like I titled this, you know, this episode "Know Your Worth" because again, like it's clear that Sasha and Naomi know their worth, and they know that you know, like, a they have the leverage to do something like this, and b if they, you know, if you know the worst repercussion ever, they both get fired tomorrow because they did this. They know that they're fine. Like they know they're they're gonna land on their feet. Like they're not gonna be yeah. you know, like worried about anything like that. And really, like you said, regardless of the industry, that's kind of where we all, well, I think we all should kind of aspire to be to a level at a level where we can just make whatever decisions we want, the, the best decisions for us at any single juncture. Yeah. If, you're, if your boss comes at you with some nonsense, you're like, you know what? Forget it. I think I'm done. It ain't worth it. Like, we all want to be, but, like, I wish I could have pulled a Naomi several times yeah, in my life. No, no but, but let's just remember that if you're under contract, you can't complain about the repercussions, man. Like, right. I, like, I, like no, like, I don't know. You, like, you did this on your own volition. So, like, I don't know. And I respect that. But also, for every action, there's a reaction. And you know who the king of reactions are? Vince McMahon. And, like, and mm-hmm. Vince, and Sasha Banks is a huge – Vince McMahon is a huge Sasha Banks fan. Right. So, that's going to be another layer of how does – because, one, Vince, like, I don't know. Like, Vince knows how much money, like, Sasha Banks makes for him. But he also doesn't want to look like, I don't know, like, like he's, like, I don't know, bending over backwards to help her. Correct. 
Correct. And yeah, we, we don't obviously we don't know the the all the ramifications of this. Hopefully, we'll have some more information when we're on, we're on with you guys next oh, no. week. I already yes. know one of them is going to take an L to Lacey Evans in two months. <laughs> well, <laughs> might be quicker than that. Uh, we'll be on with you next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, we are out of here, Mister Domingo. Take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery.